This is Low Carb Mom, your weekly support resource for maintaining a keto or low carb lifestyle. We keep you on track with a tip, low carb resources, and a meal plan for the next seven days. Use this resource to stay focused, motivated, and inspired in your low carb lifestyle. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my co host, Jason. Hi, Jason. Hello. Well, <laughs> this week, Jason, I mean, I'm assuming that you're feeling a little bit better this week. No. I'm feeling horrible today. I think you are feeling better. A little bit. Um, compared to last week, yeah. But boy, I, I just had tons of chips and licorice last night. The you carb did, yeah. overload was just through the roof. You keep doing that. I am logy. I'm bloated. You're not. I'm not feeling it. What do you mean I'm not? You're looking good. Yes, but it's masking the inner turmoil. You're bright and chipper. Jason, this week it was my pleasure to meet up in person, well, but on like through video chat with a subscriber to yeah. talk about my experience with the low carb diet. And one question came up that I feel like I didn't quite answer well enough. And uh, just sidebar, if you want to have a chat with me, I am on Telegram, the app. I just figured out how to do that because th that's what this supporter was using. And through that, it was very easy. We can arrange a time by email if you want to have a chat with me. So you arrange by email to send a Telegram to you over the wire? Mm-hmm. What on earth? Did we have we, a video this, chat. That's 19th century technology, you know. We can have a video chat. It's a, yes. Telegram is, is... I'm completely confused. Telegram's an app. So Sharon's question seems to trouble a lot of people. and uh, But I kind of like glossed over it. So I made a conscious decision early on when I was doing low carb to set this whole topic aside completely in pursuit of my health. I decided that it's one of those mental barriers that was blocking my success with a low-carb approach, so I turfed it, and I recommend that you do the same. Well, what is it? Well, uh, it's going to sound wrong to you when I say this, so, um, so just bear okay. with me. So here goes. Fiber doesn't matter. Okay. In your diet. Uh, you don't need it now. You never needed it. It's a myth constructed from a plant-based mm -hmm. bias out there, and it's hurting you in the bathroom. Well, no, you don't need to be hurting there. Yeah. Well, that's news to me. Well, and of course, a little caveat right up front. Don't forget, neither one of us is a doctor. Uh, so all of this is just like my experience and research that I've done. And I'll provide resources at the bottom of this post, you can, which you can find at lowcarbmom.ca. But I will say there are no studies supporting the idea that fiber is important to digestion. All of the, quote, studies that you see out there are not valid scientific type studies. They're just the wrong kind. They're like association studies. They're, they usually come from reported um, results of people telling what they've actually eaten over the past year and then whatever their problems bad are. Bad data, bad methodology. It definitely is is not looking good in the in the research department there. In fact, studies actually indicate the opposite, that fiber irritates the bowels, it slows down transit time in the colon, and contributes to constipation, which is the opposite of what you would probably be expecting. If you want to hear a doctor explaining all this, I'll include a video in the resources for this week. And believe me, watch it. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah, yeah you had me at blown mind. Okay. When you first start a keto diet, you can experience some bowel irregularity. You've probably heard about this. But when you first start, you may be pretty new to the whole low-carb and keto practice. Even just the whole idea of it is probably new to you. So like many others before you, you may start suddenly without taking precautions such as starting slowly or supplementing with electrolytes. 
If you surprised your body by avoiding carbohydrates all at once, you might experience symptoms including, and you probably heard of this, headache, fatigue, muscle cramps, and diarrhea, which can last up to two weeks. I personally experienced this, and so I understand why people fail to prevent it. Maybe you don't even know that you can prevent it, and also why you start asking about fiber. When your body starts calling on fat stores to feed its energy needs, which is what ketosis is, a lot of fluids get mobilized out of the fat cells. So you're going to notice that you're going to the bathroom a lot, and your scale shows a loss of water weight as a result. We're all used to seeing going on keto, and then all of a sudden, 5 or 10 pounds seems to drop off quickly. We know that those are that's what we call water weight. One common side effect of this process is dehydration and electrolyte imbalance, and often the whole syndrome is ca- uh, called the keto flu. Have you heard of the keto flu? I haven't. Have you, have you ever gone through a keto flu? I haven't. Well, you've never maybe been keto before. I don't think so, Miss Elizabeth. Not with the amount of licorice I eat. Do you ever think you might want to try a keto diet? I need to cut the carbs because it's yeah, it's making me feel horrendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you don't want to go like whole hog straight into keto right away. I, 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 I'm a person of extremes. Oh, okay. So maybe you do want to. Who knows? Ask me tomorrow. Okay. Well, when the diarrhea hits, Jason. Oh, is this a selling point? It's going to contribute to dehydration, of course, but it is caused by something else as well. Your gut is going to be responding to a different contingent of macronutrients, which is a new balance of fats, proteins, and carbs. Uh, which it is not used to digesting efficiently. So basically your gut biome is used to sugars and the type of bacteria in your gut is going to change when you change what you feed it. So the old bacteria is going to basically die off and it's going to probably complain while it's dying off and it's going to be uncomfortable. And new bacteria is going to take its place. It has to do that by replicating and, and proliferating in your gut. So in the meantime, during that whole change, diarrhea. <laughs> we <Wee. laughs> yeah, it is something that happens and it can be awkward. So the worst thing that you could do if you find yourself in the middle of this process because you've already started is to say, well, this diet's giving me the runs. I'd better eat some fiber to bulk up my stools. So most of the fibrous food recommendations, such as beans, peas, grains, fruits, and vegetables, are high in carbs. And so if you're already in the middle of shifting, you're already having success, obviously, because it's showing in your body, that's going to delay your transition to a low carb digestive system. So if you're in the middle of it, it just takes time to get through the transition. You can uh, can do this all more comfortably, though, if you start the transition more slowly, you can decrease your carbs like week by week. So instead of going from 150 or 200 grams of carbs, per day and shifting down to 20, like a maniac, like a lot of us do, instead, maybe decrease it down to 100 for a week and then go down to 75 for a week, something like that, while maintaining your hydration and supplementing with electrolytes. Jason, just think of it. If you decrease your carbs all the way down to keto over the um, amount of time, say like two months, you may think, well, that's a long, long time, but it's over before you know it and you haven't really suffered during it. I I hear you. So that's one way to go about doing it. So here's something to think about. So I eat more vegetables now because I think you're maybe listening to all this and thinking, well, okay, so I don't need to eat fiber. Maybe that means like you don't eat vegetables. But I actually find that I eat more vegetables now 
than I used to eat on a high carb diet. I eat them because I like them, not because I think that they're nutritious or high in fiber. I don't sort of put any high badge of honor on them. I don't believe that eating vegetables is going to help my digestion or my micronutrient health. In fact, eating some vegetables might prevent the absorption of micronutrients. So I might actually need to consume a lot less of them because or a lot more micronutrients because I'm eating them in plants. So it's almost like if you're eating a salad, you also have to take more vitamins. Low-carb diets can incorporate minimal plant matter, or, or like I said, they can incorporate quite a lot of plant matter. So the carnivore diet is a subset of low-carb diet that restricts food to animal fats and proteins. This type of diet is naturally very low in carbs, so it's easy for someone who is carnivore to also be in ketosis. It's a really good match. People often try out the carnivore diet as an elimination exercise to remove most foods from their plate, usually as a way to identify which foods are causing that person problems. Once they discover the problem, they might start to incorporate foods back in that do not cause a problem. So Jason, if some people are starting a carnivore diet, they're not necessarily going to do that for life. They might do it as a treatment phase or as an investigatory phase to figure out what's going wrong with them. Have you ever thought about doing a carnivore diet? Maybe. Beef, butter, bacon, and eggs? And hamburger buns. Well, that is going to get you right out of ketosis. Oh, if I can't have burgers, we're going to have a problem. If people have a problem with digestion in any of these circumstances, when you're going into low-carb or keto or carnivore, it's usually in those first few weeks of transition. After that, digestion, including bowel actions, because that's what people are worried about when they talk about fiber, are usually pretty regular and comfortable. I say this not only from experience, but also from my, my YouTube research on the subjects. Like I said, not a doctor. Oh, oh God, yeah, could have fooled me. I'm not a doctor. So... My advice to people is uh, don't fear the fiber myth. When I first made the decision to adopt a low-carb lifestyle, I knew that I was flying in the face of some negative publicity about the diet. Over time, none of the scary threats have become a reality for me. Literally none of them, Jason. And that includes the fiber threat, which says, if you don't eat fiber, you're going to get constipated. It just didn't happen. The opposite happened. And the less that I eat plant matter, the happier I am in the ladies' room, to be honest. <laughs> Well, good. Yeah, I still eat vegetables because, like I said, I actually enjoy them more than I ever did. They're almost like the candy on my plate now, whereas before they were a chore to eat. But I know I might have to reduce them at some point. I just have to be aware of what's happening in my body. And then another uh, thing that I want to say is be aware of the plant-based bias. I was not aware of this at all, and I didn't realize that it was happening. The pro-fiber campaign is part of a plant-based bias that is detectable whenever you are learning about any kind of diet. So like if you're on the internet, if you're on YouTube learning about this, you're going to run across it and they're not necessarily going to state up front what their bias is, meaning that they're supported by an organization that's actually a plant-based um, bias related, related organization. So if you can be convinced of the urgent need for a certain kind of carb in your health, like you must have fiber, for example, you're going to find it harder to shift away from your high carb diet to a point where you start to see the results that you are looking for. When I first started, I was so determined to succeed that I was highly resistant to any fear mongering. I was already scared enough. 
So it was trying to interfere with my progress. I was, I was afraid al already of the worst possible outcome for my own health. So shifting my metabolism for myself had to come first above any other dietary consideration. And I would recommend just taking that similar approach. And don't forget, it's not forever. It can just be as a starting point. You're just giving something a try. Just because you try something, it doesn't mean you're going to break yourself in the trying and you can try it slowly and you can supplement with hydration and with electrolytes in order to get through those first few um, moments or weeks of, of the transition. So yeah, fiber. I don't know. Do you ever really worry about fiber, Jason? Nope. I have to say, like, it's not something, it's something that I've heard about and I I think, you know, there was the whole brand craze. I think that was like in the 80s. It was like all about brand, brand cereals. And that was important. And then there was like Metamucil kind of became a household mm -hmm. thing. But um, I never really took it on board. I never really felt like it was like a necessary thing. And it always was in my mind, like, this seems a little extra. It, it. Well, I've only done the lightest. I wouldn't even call it keto, but I have started paying attention to carb intake. And mm -hmm. when I reduced it, I felt better and I lost weight and I was not being rigorous about it. I didn't give up hamburger buns. I didn't give up French fries, mm -hmm. but I did give up bagels in the morning or donuts. Mm -hmm. um, try to reduce the pop intake, recognize how expensive having potato chips is to that kind of thing and realizing you don't feel good after eating them. Mm -hmm. And just little steps and it's made a difference. So, Yeah, you don't have to go, like low carb can mean different levels of low carb. You don't if have you're, to go nuts, yeah, but if, pay attention to it. That's the, At least do that. That's right. Like if you notice, like just eat normally, notice whatever your level is. If say it might be 200 or 300 grams per day, just reduce it by, by I don't know, 100, reduce it by like a third and just see what happens in the in the next week it's not going to be crazy it's not going to affect you that like in a strong way but it is going to affect you in some way and you'll be able to track those results and then move move from there is what i would say so the resources for this week i have um, myths about fiber which is that doctor talking about um uh, an actual study and he has a very interesting graph maybe i'll kind of copy and paste it into the post so you can find the post to this podcast on lowcarbmom.ca it'll be the highlighted one for this week It'll be something related to fiber, I'm not sure. And uh, the second resource that I have is called Toxic Superfoods. It's a book by Sally K. Norton. And this is the, the one that has information about um, anti-nutrients. So oxalates in plant foods are making us sick with clinical signs such as kidney stones and like repeated kidney stones, joint pain, digestive distress, stomach pain, brain fog, and mood problems. Oxalates also bind to minerals, including calcium, which is why the kidney stones are a problem, preventing them from being absorbed into your body during, um, during digestion. This is one of the reasons why consuming a diet high in plant foods means that you also have to consume more of those micronutrients in the form of pills, which just cost more money, and they're preventing you from absorbing those things into your body. So it's kind of a crazy thing where you think you're getting more nutrients, but actually it's like blocking nutrients. Leafy greens, soy, almonds, potatoes, and cereal grains and beets all contain oxalates. And there's other anti-nutrients as well, including uh, phytates, tannins, lectins, and protease inhibitors, 
all of which prevent absorption of vitamins, minerals, and proteins during digestion. And this book goes through a lot of those things in great detail. I found it to be very interesting, very enlightening, and I I think that it's one of the go-to resources if you're looking for information, just a starting point uh, to look at these what they call superfoods like kale, for example, and beans. Uh, We all think that they're amazing, but they have these weird side effects and downsides. You're not a huge fan of kale or beans, Jason. No, thank you. Yeah, so we can easily... I didn't even know about that book, but I knew to avoid those kinds of foods. So I'm Keep gonna... the beans out of my burrito. It's got to be all beef. <laughs> all beef burrito. That's I'm right. in favor of that, but I'll wrap it in a lettuce instead. Yeah. Put in a lettuce wrap. Or I'll do like a nice Mexican salad. To each their own. Find this week's meal plan at lowcarbmom.ca. Those recipes will be available there too. And if you join as a supporter, you can interact with me and the Low Carb Mom community. Uh, Some posts you can also comment no matter what. I think maybe the podcast or maybe the main post, I can't remember. So post, like comment, get in touch with me. And my, by the way, my email is liz at lowcarbmom.ca. So you can always email me if you want to touch base and have a chat. We touch base every week to share our progress, trials and tribulations and support each other through the hard parts. You can hear more from me and Jason at another podcast called Hello Smileton. This is our comedy fiction podcast designed to start your week with a laugh. And this week, oh my goodness, Jason. Uh, Utter hilarity. It was excellent. In order to be tolerable in the long term, everything on my plate and in my podcast app must be delicious and packed full of positive energy. It's a complete approach to life that will see us through strong and happy physically and mentally. So subscribe to Hello Smileton at hellosmileton.com. Have a strong and healthy week. Stay mindful, stay organized, and we are going to see you again next Monday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.